Hello and thank you for joining us for uh, this Bible study on the subject of healing. Uh, we do these every Sunday night at this time, uh, 7 o'clock UK time. Uh, and as I understand some people might be catching up with this afterwards. So you're welcome to join us live or to catch up to these regular teachings on healing. Now, uh, you know, sometimes people go through some very difficult situations. Uh, and I think most human beings at some point goes through some things. But, you know, sometimes people go through very painful, very difficult things and, and, and maybe long-term illnesses. And maybe they even pray and ask God for healing and, 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 and that healing doesn't, doesn't manifest in their life. And, and you know, difficult situations like that can, can, be, can be hard, can be painful. And I'm not under, under, underestimating the difficulty of the situation, but I want to talk about a specific uh, aspect of this. Now, very often when people go through hard things, uh, you'll hear them say, and, and you'll hear Christians say things like, well, you know, the, the will of the Lord be done. Um, and, and often by that, what they mean is that I'm just going to let whatever happens happen. If I don't get healed and, and if I stay sick, well, it must have been the will of the Lord. Um, and sometimes you'll even hear Christians after something bad happens and maybe something tragic and something painful. They'll say things like, well, they'll say exactly that. It, well, it must have been the will of the Lord. Um, or, or they'll just say, well, you know, just God's will. Done. Now, I want to just examine this phrase a little bit. I want to examine the, the, this, this mentality and this idea that that has crept into Christianity that Everything that happens to me is God's will. Uh, there's a lot of Christians that think that. They have this idea that, that the bad things that I've been through must have been God's will. And, and if, if I don't get healed, well, that must be God's will then not to heal me. So we want to look at this. Is, is, is should we conclude from the situations we go through? Uh, the challenges that we go through, are we supposed to conclude that those must have been God's will for us? And, and are we supposed to conclude that it was God's will that we that things happen to us? Okay, now we're going to look at the scriptures, we're going to look at some things, and, and I want to encourage you to stay with me, because I believe there's some particular mentalities and ideas that have crept into Christianity through the years. Uh, you know, Christianity has been around for a couple of thousand years and, and sometimes ideas have crept in that did not necessarily originate from the Bible, but they have been, they've crept into what we say and what we believe. And it's important that we make sure that what we believe is in line with what God is actually saying and, and, and who God actually is and what God has actually revealed. You know, sometimes people become Christians from other religions, which is a wonderful thing. That's great. But they bring in their thinking from their previous religion, the way they think about God and ideas that they have, or, or the, the, the way, or they come just from the world, maybe not another religion. And they bring in those ideas into Christianity. And, and then they repackage those same ideas and present them as a Christian idea. There's a lot of things that are said in the church when, when, when you really examine what it sounds good, sounds wonderful. 
But when you examine it, we have to actually pause and say, did that idea actually come from the Bible or has it just crept in along the way and we've just become to accept it as a Christian idea? For example, you know, so, so sometimes people have the idea, you know, well, whatever happens, that, it, that was just going to happen. Or, or we have these ideas, one that's common is, is people say, well, everything happens for a reason. And I've heard Christians say that. Well, you know, you'll hear the world say that statement. You don't need to be a Christian to have that conclusion. So should we as Christians present something as a Christian idea that we've just adopted from somewhere else. Well, I personally believe that the things that we say, the, the statements we make, what we say about God and what we believe about God should come from him. They, they, they should have their source. Jesus, Jesus said this. He, he says, the doctrine, the things that I preach to you, the, the, the things that I say to you, I'm paraphrasing it. So I believe it's in John 7. He says, they come from him. They come from the Lord. Um, in other words, the source of what he was saying, the source of the claims that he was making and the things that he was teaching came from God. So if we're going to present something as a Christian truth, as a Christian idea, our main concern is, has this actually come from God? Or are we just saying things that we've picked up along the way, that we've adopted as Christian ideas? So we're going to look to the Word of God. We're going to look to the Scriptures about this idea that people have. And, and, and there's, there's this mentality, even amongst a lot of Christians, that bad things that happened to me, well, they happened because, you know, it must have been the will of God. And we have almost have this idea, it must have been. Uh, that phrase, it must have been, sounds like an assumption. It sounds like it, 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 we're concluding that because it happened, it must have been what God wanted to happen. Now, is this idea scriptural? Well, let's go, let's start off in a, in a familiar passage. Uh, most Christians know what we call the Lord's Prayer. Let's start off in Matthew chapter 6. I'm not going to read the whole Lord's Prayer, but just the starting couple of phrases. And then let's examine them. Let's think about what Jesus was saying here. And then we're going to look more at this idea is that, you know, just because I didn't get healed, does that prove it was not God's will to heal me? Or just because I'm struggling or just because I'm going through a hard situation, does that prove that that God wants me to be going through that? Okay, so Matthew chapter six, I'm not giving a direct answer yet. Stick with me and listen to this. Now, for some people, today's teaching might be relatively simple and basic, but I'm endeavoring. I, I really feel there are some mentalities in Christianity. We need to just dig right into the nitty gritty of these ways of thinking that we have accepted as being Christian and, and examine them in the light of the Bible. Is it actually scriptural? You know, as Christians, each one of us should do that. With the things that we say, the things we make about God, we should ask ourselves, is this really in line with his word? Okay, so Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Now, Jesus is speaking here. And he says, in this manner, therefore, pray. Now, he's about to teach his disciples how to pray. And, and, and many church groups still pray this way today. And I don't want to go into the details of that right now. I just want to examine this one phrase in here, or, or a couple of phrases, really. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Let's take those, let's take those words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as, is, as it is in heaven. And I'm just going to break down those three phrases and then we're going to use that to launch into this idea. Because this is often one of the statements people say, well, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be, thy, your will be done. They might say it in King James, thy will be done or your will be done. That's, this is where that phrase is coming from a lot of the times. But is that what Jesus was saying when he, when he said this? So let's look at this. Well, the first phrase, thy kingdom come. Now, the word kingdom there talks about the rule of God. It talks about the territory that is ruled over by a king or the area that a king rules over. Okay, so when he says your kingdom there, he's talking about the area that God rules. Now, does he say your kingdom rules over everywhere in this phrase? Or in this particular phrase, what he says is your kingdom come. Now, the word come there means to come into being or to, 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 to come. It, it even has the idea to come from one place to another. So, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's got to do with a location uh, kind of coming to somewhere. Now, just I'm not going to go into this in detail, but just think for a moment. Why would Jesus pray your rule come if? His rule was already automatically happening everywhere. Why would he say to pray that? If it was automatic that everywhere God's rule was already taking place, why would he pray that his rule takes place and comes? Now, let's look at the second phrase. Your will be done. Now, when you talk about will there, and it's God's will, your will. When you talk about will in that passage, it's got to do what someone wishes or what someone has determined or what someone desires to happen. So in other words, what God wants, what God wants. And what does he say in this phrase? Your will, or what you want, be done. Now that phrase, that, 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 that phrase, be done, is interesting. Because in the original Greek, it has the meaning of to come into existence. Your will come into existence. Uh, it also has the idea come to pass. Your will come to pass. Uh, or your will appear and, and be made so. Cause your will to happen. Now, think about it for a moment. If his will was already automatically happening everywhere and in every situation, why would his will need to come to existence? Why would his will need to come to pass? And why would we even need to pray that? Why would, why would he say, pray, your will be done? In other words, pray, Lord, your will come into being if his will was already automatically being done. If everything that happened and has happened and has ever happened is just automatically the will of God, this prayer wouldn't make a lot of sense. And we pray, people pray this, they, this comes out of people's mouths in, in so many different denominations. Sometimes we don't really think about what we're actually saying here. If we are praying, Lord, your will come into being, then that almost implies that, that, that this is automatic. It's not automatic that his will it comes into being. Now stick with me. Don't panic yet if you disagree with this. Let's look at some things. Okay. Now from another point of view, why would Jesus say to pray this? 
if it was going to happen automatically anyway. It would seem to make the prayer almost pointless. You know, if God's will was just automatically going to happen, then I would, what, we, what would be the point of me praying, Lord, your will be done? Maybe what I should actually pray is, Lord, your will be done, but since I already know your will's going to happen anyway, whether I pray this or not, um, because your will just automatically happens, I really don't know why I'm praying this, Lord. <laughs> I'm not mocking there. I just want us to think. What's the point of praying this if it's just going to happen automatically anyway? Well, maybe we need to begin to open ourselves to the idea that God's will doesn't always happen in every situation. And also open ourselves to the idea that not everything that happens is God's will. Not every challenge, not every situation that comes into your life is automatically the will of God. Let's open ourselves up to the idea and let's examine it in Scripture. Let's have a look. Let, let, let's begin to see some things. And I've just seen someone watching from Zambia. It's really good to have you with us. Praise God. Okay. So Jesus said to pray this, your will be done. And, and, and now that's not actually the end of the phrase. The, the whole phrase we read was this, your kingdom come, your will be done. Now there's not a full stop there. Sometimes that's all people say. They just say your will be done. But that's not actually the, the complete phrase that Jesus said there. What he said was, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or in other words, in the same way that your will is done in heaven, let your will be done on earth. So let's think about heaven for a moment here. Well, is God's will being done in heaven? Uh, is, 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 is it automatic? Is it definitely taking place there? I don't think you'll find many people that would say, no, it isn't. I personally believe God's will is being done. I believe God's rule is taking place in heaven and his will is being done. Now, what is it like in heaven? What's it like up there? Is there anyone sick up there? Is anyone sick in heaven? If you know anything about the Bible, you'll know that the, the answer to that is no. You know, the Apostle Paul, and uh, is he up in, well, he is up in heaven now, but is he up in heaven with cancer? And he's got cancer for eternity and just saying, well, you know, I'm just, I, I'm in the place where the perfect will of God is being done up here in heaven. And clearly cancer is the will of God. So, you know, the Apostle Paul has just got to accept that he has to have that for eternity. Is that the case? Now, I'm not saying it is. But I think most Christians would agree with you. No, 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 no. The Apostle Paul is not sitting up in heaven with cancer. And the Apostle Peter is not sitting up in heaven blind. You know, because in heaven, God's will is being done. Now, isn't it interesting that in the place that we know absolutely for sure that God's will is being fully done and God's rule is fully taking place in heaven, in that place where we know his will is being fully done, isn't it interesting that there's no sickness, no death, and no suffering? Maybe we need to open ourselves to the idea that when God's will is fully being done, there won't be any sickness, suffering, or pain, or death. Because that's the way it is in heaven. And that's the way he, Jesus told his disciples to pray. Pray, your will be done on earth, in the same way or as it is being done in heaven. Does God have two separate wills? No, it doesn't seem like it from that phrase. 
it seems that Jesus is showing that we should desire that the will of God, which is being done in heaven, in a place where there's no sickness and no death and suffering because his will is being done, that we should begin to pray that his will also be done here on the earth. Now, you know, I'm just going to, I'll leave that thought with you for a moment. But we need to really think about this whole idea of the will of God. Like I said, many people just think that any whatever happens down here is God's will. And people have the idea that if, if I pray and don't get healed, well, that must be God's will. Should we just be coming to that automatic conclusion or assumption based upon the circumstances, based upon the situation? Does what happens on the earth or what happens to me or what happens to you, does what happens to us show us the will of God? Well, does the Bible show, tell us that the circumstances that happen to us reveal the will of God to us? Let's look. Let's look in the word of God. Because the will of God is important. The will of God should be important to us. As Christians, we want the will of God. It's, it's vital. It's important. It's a priority in our lives. But what should also be important to us is that we should make sure that the things we are yielding to actually are the will of God. See, the will of God should be important to us, but we should also have as a priority that we only want to yield to the will of God. We only want the things that are the will of God happening. And, and, and we should be open to the idea that if something is not God's will, we don't want it happening in our lives. I want to live for the will of God. I want God's will to be fully done in my life. But what is that will? And can I know it? Well, we, we, we're going to get there in just a moment. I'm taking this a step at a time because I want to challenge some ways of thinking that have, have entered into Christianity where we make assumptions that something that happens in my life must be the will of God, including bad things and sickness and long-term illnesses. Or is it the case that maybe we've, we, we've, we've, we've not quite fully understood what is will and we have accepted things in our lives that are not his will? Is it possible? Open yourself to that possibility in order to, 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 to see for sure what the scriptures say. Let's check. Let's make sure we know. See, wanting God's will and knowing what God's will is are two different things. Just because I want God's will, just because I say, Lord, your will be done, that doesn't necessarily mean that that, that that is proof I know what God's will is. So how can I know or can I know his will? Is it possible? Now, <laughs> we're going to get there. Let me, let me add this. If you do not know God's will, then how do you know whether it's being done or not? It's all good and well to pray, Lord, your will be done. But if you don't know his will, how do you know whether it, whether it came to pass? How do you know whether his will actually happened if you don't know what his will is? Are you supposed to just conclude that whatever happens must be God's will? I don't believe so. I believe as Christians, we've made a lot of conclusions based upon assumptions. We've made a lot of conclusions based upon circumstances, things that happen. We've made a lot of conclusions based upon ideas that have crept into Christianity from other places, even other religions, even uh, other, uh, other belief systems that, that believe that everything that happens on the planet is the will of a deity. People become Christians and they bring this idea into Christianity and soon it gets preached from the pulpit and we just relabel the Christian idea. 
But let's look to the word. Let's look to the word. Well, let me ask you a question. Think about this now. I, I, please understand, this is a hypothetical situation. I'm not actually going to do this. I'm not threatening anyone. Don't worry. A hypothetical situation. But if I walked up to you and I punched you in the face, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying to do that. I, I don't, I'm not going to do that to anyone. But if, okay, if I walked up to you and I punched you in the face, can I just say to you, well, you know, that was the will of the Lord. You just need to accept that. It happened. So it was the will of the Lord. It seems to me like that would be a bit of a cop-out. Blaming something on God that I did. That, that would be a real cop-out. Uh, may, maybe I need to actually just take responsibility for the fact that I did that. Rather than blaming God. Should I just say to you, should I punch someone in the face and just say to them, just, just accept. You, you, you should just smile and accept that. Even though you're in pain, just accept that was the will of God for you. I don't believe so. That doesn't make sense. Now, what if I punch you in the face and then as a result, you punched me back in the face? Not a very loving situation here. Hypothetical situation. So if I punched you in the face and then you punched me back in the face, can I say that the, the fact that I got punched back is the will of God? Or should I conclude that the reason I got punched back in the face is because of my own actions of punching you in the face? Am I living with the consequences of my own actions or can I just blame it on God? See, very often things happen and it's not because God did it. Not everything that happens can we just put on him and blame him for. We need to be careful about what we're blaming God for. What we are saying came from him and what is his will. We, as Christians, we need to have a bit more awareness and we need to make sure that the things that we're saying are his will actually are his will. Don't, don't claim something is God's will from a position of not knowing his will. If you don't know his will, then don't claim something is his will. The only, the only reason we should say for definite something is God's will is because we actually know it is God's will. Don't just draw conclusions based upon assumptions from that situations. And we're going to talk about how, can we know the will of God? We're going to get there. But let's, let me give you an example here. Now, I haven't talked a lot, a lot about healing and sickness, but what I'm trying to deal with today is a mentality, an idea amongst Christians that if I'm sick or if I have a long-term illness, then, you know, it must be the will of the Lord. And, and, and it, or if I pray and I don't get healed, then it must be the will of the Lord. And we're just trying to, we, I want to open you to the idea, is that true? Is it so that just because I don't get healed, that that, that that proves that God didn't want to heal me? Okay. Well, let's, let's look at something. Now, this verse is not about healing, but let's have a look at this. John 15. John 15 in verse 4. In, in this passage, Jesus is talking about the vine. Abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Again, quite a familiar passage. But just think about one of the things that he said here. John 15 and verse 4. He says this. Abide in me and I in you. Now, that's an instruction. He is saying to you, abide in me. Okay. Now, uh, and remember, he's the vine, we are the branches. Now, what he goes on and he says is this, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. 
So he's saying just like a natural branch cannot bear fruit unless it's connected into the vine. He says in the same way, we cannot bear fruit unless we abide in him. So he is telling us there, you can't produce fruit unless you abide in me. So again, I'm not, this particular aspect, I'm not applying this into here. I just want you to get a mentality here. Is it reasonable for me to conclude that lack of fruit occurring in my life is evidence that God doesn't want me to produce fruit? Can I say that if there's no fruit in my life, that proves God doesn't want me to produce fruit? Can I, can I draw that conclusion that, that well, you know, if there's no fruit in my life, then obviously the, the Lord didn't want me to have fruit or produce fruit. Well, no, because based upon what Jesus said, he said that in order to produce fruit, you have to abide in him. There's an instruction that goes with producing fruit. There's something that he told us to do. And if we don't do that, and as a result, don't produce fruit, I can't just draw the conclusion that the lack of fruit in my life is because he didn't want me to have fruit. He's revealed something to me there. He's shown me something. He's revealed a truth to me about something that I need to do in order to produce fruit. In other words, if I don't produce fruit, the conclusion is not, well, God didn't want me to produce fruit. The conclusion is I need to realize that fruit can only be produced when I abide in him. So just because there's no fruit in my life doesn't automatically prove that the, that is the, the will of God. What happens to me doesn't prove the will of God. And now in the same way, just because I don't receive, does that prove it was not God's will for me to receive? And there's a lot of Christians who think, yes, that does prove that. But what I want, to, what, what I want us to begin to realize is this. I, I'm not supposed to just draw conclusions about the will of God based upon circumstances. The world does that. Okay, these mentalities have crept into Christianity and they didn't come from God. They didn't come from the Bible. They have crept in and we have accepted them as Christian ideas. But I, I, I mustn't just draw the conclusion based upon my own assumption that if I didn't receive, then that, that somehow must be the will of God. Got to be careful about just drawing a conclusion based upon an assumption. Okay, we need to be careful about that. And we, we need to be careful about claiming that, that uh, claiming God's will just because something did or did not happen. See, is every challenge, is every sickness, is every difficulty, is every problem that happens in my life, is that, can I conclude that the, the fact that that challenge happened proves that it was God's will for it to happen? No, I don't determine the will of God by circumstances and what happens. Well, there's only one thing, one thing. And I'm going to tell you what it is in a moment. There is only one thing. There is only one way to know God's will. I'm going to show it to you. Only one. Okay. Now, and it's not me just making an assumption or me just drawing a conclusion out of my own head about something. There's only one way you can know the will of God. And I need to be careful about making an assumption about his will. Okay, so let, let's talk about this. What is that way? 
how can I know whether something is the will of God? Uh, do, do circumstances tell me the will of God? Do, do problems on the planet tell me the will of God? Do problems in my life, do, do the problems tell me the, word, the, the will of God? Am I supposed to build my life on the circumstances or am I supposed to build my life on the word and the scriptures and what God has said? We need to be careful about just thinking that, that, that I can know anything about God's will by circumstances. Okay? It's making assumptions. It's faulty thinking to draw that conclusion. That, uh, and it's not biblical. That idea did not come from Christianity. Now, it is prevalent in Christianity. It has taken root all over the place. I believe it's what Jesus called a tear. Talks about the tears that were sown amongst the wheat. It's an idea that has just been planted within Christianity and it has grown up and blossomed and it's been accepted by many Christians. But it is not in line with Scripture. It's not that, that idea is not rooted in Scripture. It is an idea that has been sown into Christianity that has come from somewhere else. It is beyond Scripture. We need to examine beliefs. We need to ask, why do I believe what I believe? Okay? Not just allow ideas to creep in. So how can I know the will of God? Well, there's only one way. There is one way. Now, some people might say, hold, hold on, Owen. There's, there's lots of ways you can know the will of God. Just hear me out and it'll make sense. There is only one way to know God's will. And that is by what God himself reveals the only way to know the will of God is to know what he has revealed his will is now he reveals his will in a couple of places but you, you this we've got to get a hold of this I can only know God's will by what he reveals he has to reveal his will in order for me to know it now, I believe he does reveal it, but get a hold of this first. I don't conclude the will of God by circumstances. I don't conclude the will of God by what someone says or what happens. I have got to know what he reveals his will as. And if he has not revealed it as his will, I can't conclude it is his will. And I shouldn't draw conclusions about his will unless I know what he's revealed. I'm dependent upon his revelation, him revealing his will in order for me to know it. Now, there are two primary places. In fact, before I say this, let me, let me read a scripture. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 9, it says this, and it's talking about God. He is the subject here. So it's coming in mid-sentence. He is the subject. Having made known to us the mystery of his will. So in other words, he made known to us the mystery of his will is what this verse is saying so this came from him that's why i say it, it, the only way to know it is he has to make it known colossians chapter one has a similar idea colossians chapter one talks about the mystery which has been hidden from ages uh, this colossians 1 26 uh, and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints. It talks about a mystery being revealed. 
In other words, the only way to know that mystery is by it being revealed. And who does the revealing? God. The only way I can know the will of God is by what he reveals his will as. And outside of that, I shouldn't draw any conclusions. Okay? And he goes on in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, to them, talking about the saints, God willed to make known. In other words, God willed means it was the will of God. It was the will of God to make known. So in, in, all, in, in all of these verses, and I can give you others as well, but in each instance, God had to reveal it. God had to show it in order for people to know it. Now get a hold of this. I mustn't just draw conclusions from my head about what the will of God is. I mustn't draw conclusions from circumstances. I need to know the will of God based upon what he has revealed his will as. And anything outside what he has revealed, I need to be careful about just making conclusions about his will. If he hasn't revealed it, then, then, I, then I mustn't just make a conclusion out of my own head. And I need to be even more careful if I'm a preacher. I must be very careful as a preacher. About, you know, a lot of preachers just Stand in the pulpit and make claims about the will of God. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's not based upon something God revealed. We need to be careful about this. If I'm going to say something is the will of God, if I'm going to say sickness, or if I'm going to say someone not getting healed, if I'm going to say someone dying sick, now that's tragic. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It is tragic when that happens. But if I'm going to make a claim that it is that it was it happened because it was the will of the Lord. Then the only basis I should make that claim was is because God Himself revealed it. And if He's no, if He hasn't revealed it, I can't make that claim, and and claim to be speaking for Him. Where is ambassadors? We're speaking for Him, which means that the claims we make and the things we say about Him should be based upon what He has revealed. So the only way I can know the will of God is by what he himself reveals. Outside of that, I mustn't make any assumptions. So where does he reveal it? Well, the first place he reveals it is he reveals through his word. In his word, God has revealed his will. It's one of the places he has chosen. This came from him, the word of God. It is inspired by him, and in his word, he reveals his will. One specific place he, in his word that he reveals his will is through Jesus. Through Jesus, through the Gospels, and the, what we see in Jesus, God is one of the places God has chosen to reveal his will. Another place God reveals his will is by the Spirit. And I'll be honest with you, the Word of God and the Spirit of God I'm not going to reveal two different things. Jesus said that the Spirit will take of what I have shown you, bought you, and reveal it to you. So the, 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 the things that come from the Spirit of God will always line up with what the Word already says. And that's one way you can whether you got it from the Spirit of God or whether you just got it from somewhere else. But in order to know God's will, I've got to go with what he's revealed in the places that he has revealed it, his word and by his spirit. 
Let me read you something out of uh, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, I'll be coming to close in just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. Uh, it says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one, notice that word, no one, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, I'm going to read the next phrase in just a moment, but get a hold of that truth right now. Can I know the things of God in and of myself, by myself? Can I figure them out in my head? Can I draw conclusions about the things of God based upon what I observe and what happens in the natural world? No, I can't. Because he said no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, the Spirit of God inspired the Word of God, so that, that, that is one of the ways the Spirit of God is revealed. But I need to realize this. I can't just draw conclusions about what I think God's will is. Because nobody knows the will of God. The only way I can know the things of God is if he reveals them. Because only he knows them. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. We can, you can sit around as a bunch of humans debating theology and philosophy for hours. But if it's all coming out of your head and it's not coming from things the Spirit of God has revealed... It's, it's, very, it's very, very meaningless. I can come to all kinds of conclusions about God based upon my own debate. And humans love to do that. And I can say, my opinions. I can say, well, you know, I think this about God. I learned a long time ago. God does not become who I think he is. He simply is who he is. It's because I think God is a particular way. He doesn't suddenly become that. He doesn't become my opinion. He doesn't just he doesn't just become whoever I make him out to be. He is who he is. And in and of myself, in my own head, I can't assume to know God and the things of God outside of what he's revealed. What I know about him, I can only know about him because he revealed it. So be careful about drawing conclusions about the will of God. Be careful about going, just because you go through some bads, oh, well, you know, that must have been the will of the Lord. Has that come from what he's revealed or has that come from your own personal conclusion? And many times it's come from our own personal conclusions. And as Christians, we have allowed these ideas to fester in the church and, and within doctrines and denominations that we've just allowed them to, to grow up and to stay there but they haven't come from something God revealed. They've come from ideas that we have concluded. This is why God's calling us back to his word. We need to come back to what he has actually revealed. And filter out the things that he didn't reveal. That we've just adopted into Christianity. So he says there, and I'm going to close now. No one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. That's the only place we're going to find out. Then in the next verse, verse 12, he says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So he's saying we have received the spirit of God. 
This same spirit who knows the things of God, we've received him. That's, that's actually quite good news, right? See, when he said no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God, if you just take that phrase by itself, you'd have to say, well, then we can never know. But he, he goes on in the next verse. And he says that same spirit who knows the things of the spirit, of, who knows the things of God, we've received him. Every Christian. And this is what he says. Why did we receive him? The spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Why have we received the spirit of God? So that we might know. Those things that he knows about God, that only he knows and we don't know, are things that he will reveal to us. Like I said, he two places he reveals is God reveals by his word and by his spirit. But we need to only draw conclusions about the will of God based upon what he has actually revealed. Now, I hope you've got a hold of this. I hope this idea, this opens you up to something today. Because we need to be very careful about the claims we make about God and his will. Just because something happens to me, just because I'm struggling with sickness, doesn't mean I should conclude in my head that that must prove it's the will of God. I need to get before him, get in his word, listen to his spirit and let him reveal what his word says about what his will actually is. And if I realize that what he reveals is different to what I'm experiencing, then I need to start believing him to help me to have his will show up in my life. Let your will be done. Let it come into existence in my life if it isn't currently in existence and operating in my body and in my life. So when, so when you pray, thy will be done. You are praying, Lord, I want your will to come into my life, even in a situation where it's not currently being done. And that means that it's not automatically being done. But I'm going to open my heart to your will being done. And what have you revealed? What have you shown in your word and by your spirit is your will? Well, uh, in the last couple of weeks, we, we fought Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Jesus was a revelation of the will of God. He, he was one of the ways God revealed himself. And what did Jesus go around doing? Did Jesus go around making people sick? No, he went about healing them. Right there is a revelation. God is revealing. He's showing this is my will. Open your heart to this. And if necessary, let's pray. Let's pray here. If necessary, you might even need to say, Father God, I've misunderstood your will. You might need to just even repent and say, God, I've claimed things of your will that were not your will. I've drawn conclusions. Father God, I realize, man, I shouldn't have drawn certain conclusions about your will just because of the circumstances. And Lord, I'm sorry that I did that. I'm sorry that I've accused you and I've claimed things on your will that are not that, that, that are not things you've specifically revealed on your will. Lord, I acknowledge I can't know your will in myself. I can't know your will by the circumstances. I can only know your will by you revealing it. 
And that means I need to look where you've revealed it. I need to be open to your, what your word shows your will as, what your spirit shows your will as. Help me to know that, Lord. Because I, honestly, I believe, I, I'm just taking a pause here from the prayer. I believe if you open your heart to what the word says and you are willing to, 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 to change what you have thought up until now is the will of God, if you're willing to change uh, the conclusions you've drawn, where you have thought it was God's will for you to be sick. If you're willing to change that and you're willing to realize uh, the reason I made that conclusion wasn't because of what God revealed, but because of a circumstance or because of an idea I had prior to that. If you're willing to change that and willing to see what he has revealed is his will, I believe you'll find that that can that that can that can open your life up to his healing power coming into you. So let's keep praying. Father God, I, I open my heart. If I've drawn wrong conclusions about your will, if I've accepted something as being your will that you didn't, you've not specifically revealed as being your will, then I want to change, Father God. I want to open my heart to what your will actually is. And Lord, I, I'm going to pray this prayer sincerely like Jesus prayed. Your will come into existence in my life. Healing is revealed through Jesus, the will of God. Let that come into being in my life, Lord, because that is what you have revealed is your will. So I open my heart and I open my mind and my beliefs and my thinking to change. Because I want your will done in my life. Not something else. And Lord, I thank you. And I thank you. I'm going to pray for you now. Father God, I thank you right now. If people have prayed that prayer, I pray that if people have begun to realize that the things that they've said about God, the accusations, the claims they've made about God, if people realize they've been saying the wrong thing, Heavenly Father, have mercy. And I pray that your healing power, that you show yourself strong. I pray that your anointing and your power and grace goes into those bodies right now. And I thank you, Father God, for the manifestation of your healing power. I thank you, Father God, that you show what your will really is and you reveal what your will really is in these people's lives. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, Father God, for healing. And I speak healing. And I thank you that healing manifests in people. Just like Jesus, you anointed Jesus and you went about doing good. I thank you that you're still doing good and you're still healing people today. You are the healer. You never stop being the healer. And Lord, I just pray for these people. I pray for the manifestation of healing in bodies right now. As you show your will actually being done in their life, which is to manifest yourself as the healer. And I give you the glory and I give you the honor for that. And I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for that right now in the name of Jesus Christ. So God bless you. And, and, and you might want to listen to this teaching a few more times. It's step by step. It might be simple for some people. But it's time within Christianity that we get rid of the ideas that didn't originate from God. That we've adopted in along the way. And let's open our heart to what actually comes from him. Amen. Now, as it's just, just as we finish, I do these teachings on healing every Sunday night. So you're welcome to join us at the same time, 7 o'clock UK time every Sunday night. I also, on, on Monday to Friday in the mornings, at, at 9.30 every morning, I do a teaching. It's a, it's a short teaching, 15 minutes. 
just a short almost daily devotional teaching monday to friday so you'll find that on the on the, the facebook page on the youtube channel just just put in the search bar revival from the shores or even just from the shores um or if you go to from the shores.com slash live it's it's the website address right there at the bottom of the screen uh, you'll find the links to the facebook and the youtube as well uh and and uh, you're welcome to join us and we'd love to have you with us so god bless you and uh, i hope to see you again tomorrow and and even next week again for the healing teachings be blessed have a wonderful evening and a wonderful day tomorrow